Hey moms and dads, welcome to the Ringing Ear Podcast, the show about music hosted by two former record store clerks, brought to you by KillBoringMusic.com. I am Jeff Nail, former record store clerk and freelance writer. I'm coming from San Diego, California, as I usually do, and usually my partner, Ken Job joins me from Wichita, Kansas, but again, for the third week in a row, will not be joining us because Ken's an asshole. Uh, our aim this week, or my aim this week, as it is every week, is to act as your guide through all genres familiar or foreign. Newer nostalgic in order to help you, the listener, avoid boring music. Uh, because what do we do with boring music? Well, we should destroy it all. And uh, I'm so happy to be here with Jeff Nail. I've heard so much about Ken Job, this ethereal <laughs> yeah. internet figure that uh, everyone talks about. But I know the I only know the handsome Jeff Nail. Who's this Ken Job guy? I, it's killing me. It's like. Bruce Wayne's Batman. Well, we're diving right in here. We are. Let's get this. <laughs> Welcome to episode 228, in which we will create a little sequel to last season's drinking show. But first, allow me to introduce today's guest host. Uh, guest host. He's ladies' man, Jesus Christ impersonator, and my bartender and friend. Please welcome to the podcast, Doug Collins. Well, you also forgot uh, officiant. Uh, oh, yes. So many other things I've done. Uh, ambulance driver, dead person picker-upper. I've say, done so many things. Did you just say ambulance driver? Ambulance. <laughs> ambulance. That's how we say it down south. Ambulance. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Where do we start off? Let, let's explain to people how we know each other. Actually, this is the drinking episode. Let's have a little drink. Well, you've, I've already got mine cracked. That's your crack. Salud. We're Cheers. drinking Salud. beer. I'm actually really surprised at how popular White Claw has become. I am, too. Like, it's, it's delicious. So refreshing. Uh, this, this episode should be sponsored by White Claw. It really should. It really should. Uh, I know you from, and I don't know if you want to name the establishment or, or if you'd rather of not. Of course, yes. Offshore Tavern here in San Diego, California, 2253 Marina Boulevard, one of the best bars in town. <laughs> you, if you get near this area, you should come down and say hello. In a way, I think I like it there because it is San Diego and yet it's not. It's both. It is both. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a lot of bars that I went to in my hometown a, a little bit. Not, mm -hmm. I mean, no offense to the offshore, uh, but because we're talking about Victorville here. But, you know, uh, it's not pretentious. We it's... shouldn't talk about Victorville. <laughs> I feel like every time I brought up my hometown to a bartender, they've been like, oh, I dated Ooh, a girl from Victorville yeah. once. <laughs> the prison tats were like too much. Uh, anyway, so the Offshore Tavern and Grill, I've been coming to for years, and you've yep. been working there for a few years, and, and yep. uh, we struck up a friendship mostly based off of this uh, music thing, so I thought we'd have well, you in. Well, it didn't start that way. Oh, that's true. Should we get it's, into that? Yeah, we should. Uh, I've been doing uh, what I do for a long time in the bar business, restaurant business. and uh, Talk about that. I, well, I, I've been doing it a long time. I, I look good if you can't see me on uh, the internet, but you should because I am good looking. You should see me. But Jeff came in and he would, he would come in all the time and order, and order food for him and his wife. And uh, we somehow always got it wrong. And honestly, there is no way... That anyone get one person's order that wrong that many times. I would only quibble with the word always, but often is certainly a fair. Qualifier. I like often. 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 Always should never use always I mean, or we, never. We got it wrong just the other night. <laughs> yes, we did. So, so I would have to come back 
inevitably to and I should say inevitably and inevitably get a free drink. Yeah, of course. For, of course, for yes. my trouble, and I think that's how we first started. Talking. And that's how Offshore's gotten so popular is that if we mess up, we'll buy you a drink. You know, <laughs> People, who doesn't want that? I'm just gonna lie every time. Like, <laughs> yeah, Pico. Tell my, me, tell me, did it wrong, and you get a free drink. Fantastic. Just Pico on my tacos again. <laughs> goddamn you! Yeah. Give me the booze. Uh, I'll take a booze. I'll take a beer and a shot. Uh, so my idea, I mean, I know you through drinking, a drinking mm -hmm. establishment. Mm -hmm. We talked music. I thought, well, we've let's put these two together since I, I've got to get in a, get a, an episode going this week. Yeah. How did how did you feel when I brought up this this idea? Super scared, you know. Can't lie, uh, you know. I've never done a podcast before, so uh, Jeff just popped my cherry, or we're popping my cherry right now. Currently, I'm inside currently you. Pop, yes, <laughs> popping my cherry as we speak. Uh, but you know what? I, I trust him. Like uh, all lovers should, and uh, you know he's being good to me so far. Uh, who I've knows how it's going to turn out? I've always been good to you, even if you, you haven't, haven't been good to my food. You, you are correct, a hundred percent. So let's have a cocktail. Uh, I'm going to start pouring, and I want you to explain what we're drinking. And I mean, it's nothing special. It's just what we always drink, especially you. Okay. Uh, this is a surprise. Well, this I is just know. the shot that we always take. Oh, I love this. I've got some Jaeger in there. You, oh, I've heard this, of Jaeger. Is, is there a story that, that goes into these blisters, as you call it? Because I, I never heard it called a blister until I met you. Well, you know, back in the old days, uh, there was blasters, uh, which Jeff is old and I am old. So we did blasters where you dropped a whole shot of Jaegermeister into a half glass of Red Bull. But as we get older... We can't do that much Red Bull, or we'll stay awake all night counting our pubic hairs. So, um, counting our pubic, counting our pubic hairs. Holy yeah, shit! That's what happens when you're awake all night. Uh, <laughs> all right, do you have it? Do you want to make these? No, no, the no, no. I make them for you all the time. That's this is true. nice, uh, right. nice for you to do it for me because I'm not getting paid a damn nickel for this thing. I should at least get someone pouring me a drink. So, and, well, uh, say when. And when. All right, that's a strong blister, I think. Yeah, you know what? We're doing well. But you're right. I, th I like the issue that at our age, the issue is the Red Bull, not not, not the Jaeger. It's not the Jaeger, it's the Red Bull. <laughs> and it's not the years, it's the mileage. Talk about, real quick, talk about the bar business. Why do you still do it? Is it? Do, I mean, I see you with customers. You love it, right? I love it. I, I, I truly love it. I, I love people. I love, uh, I love how different it is every day and, and what you're exposed to all the time. You could start your day off with... Uh, you know, businessmen that are, are doing great business things and having business lunches, and then you end your night up with Hell's Angels. You know, <laughs> I, I love the dichotomy of it and like and how we all are drawn to a bar because it's a church for people that don't have a church, and I, and I love that. I like that. I, I don't know if I've ever told you, but our officiant at uh, my, my wedding was our bartender. Oh, fantastic. At the, there was a place in the Old Town called he The Wine. He was special to you. Well, she was. The, she she was, was our bartender at the Wine Cabana. Excuse me and my, uh, <laughs> and my masculine talk. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. That's horrible. Do you think most bartenders are men, or is it equal? Is fifty-fifty? I think in San Diego, maybe is a better ooh, qualifier. It's probably fifty-fifty. Uh, again, I'm an older bartender, so back when I I started coming up as a bartender, male bartenders worked at night because sometimes you had to throw dukes and you had to help out the door guys, mm -hmm. and and beautiful females did the day shift where it was a little bit not that. Not so much anymore, especially yeah. the offshore, because there's so many people there anyway, right? I mean, well, that's a neighborhood bar. Those are yeah, different than, yeah. say, where I came up in, in like bigger bars or more, uh, more impacted bars. I should okay. say. Yeah, high high traffic. Yeah, bars. high traffic okay. bars. Hey, here's to you. To us. Salute. To the Ringing Ear Podcast. To the offshore. Wow, you know when you you pour them as an amateur, they're a lot 
There's a lot more there. And I loved it. It was rad. <laughs> um, now, tell us about your relationship to music. What was your first album? Oh, man, my first album was K-Tel Hits of the 80s. Okay, um, compilation. It was a compilation. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but it uh, it had uh, Brass in Pocket. Uh, was it Chrissy Hine? As Pretenders, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that one, and uh, it had uh, a Cars uh, by Gary Newman. Uh-huh. And, uh... I thought, I thought you were going the Rico Kasich cars. No, but, no, no. Okay, the no, song cars. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I like that better than Rico Kasich. And then Kasich. it had uh, that that really, that one that got it in your head, and I don't mean to, to, to do you wrong by putting it in your head, but, uh, mm. uh, what was the song? Uh, talk about pop music. Talk about pop music. I have no idea. Oh, my God. It's a horrible song. <laughs> oh, don't no. listen to it. I don't know if we should even look it up then. I'm sure listeners uh, would know if once they hear you. Don't listen to it, because it... Yeah, it's horrible. It was like a, a like a cross, like new wave disco kind of thing back mm. in '81. They were trying to like bridge it, and uh, yeah, it, it, horrible on both sides of that coin. They tried that a lot. Yeah, I think. Uh, what do you enjoy these days? I'm all over the board, honestly. But as we get older, we get more set in our ways, and we start listening to music when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, not a, if I hear something that's new and it catches my my ear, I'll listen to it. But I don't go searching out new music like we used to when we were younger. We always wanted to be the guy that that knew the new music, that had the new music. And now it's just kind of like you, you kind of live in the nostalgia of the music you loved when you were yeah. growing up. There's a, there was a currency back when we were young to knowing your sure. shit. You know? yeah. I remember, that, it's funny, I didn't get bullied, and I got bullied in elementary or uh, junior high. I, you're a big man. Were I, you not big back then? I, I was not a confrontational guy. I'm still not. Yeah, you're a pacifist. But I got bullied in high school uh, intellectually for not knowing, I don't know, uh, you know, porno for pyros or something, right, right when they were big or something. You know, it was... I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of shit for uh, I, I don't know uh, having a bad religion T-shirt after they had sold out or whatever. So that was there was a lot of that going on in my school. Well, see, you're cooler than I am because like I don't know what bad religion is. You don't know the band Bad Religion. I know who they are, but I don't know their music. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not Social here. D was about as deep as I got into that kind of genre. Sure, stuff. sure. Yeah, I I, th- I don't think I'll th- I don't think anyone would take anything away from Social D, especially the early stuff. Are your listening habits mostly at work? No, I mean like we're we're a neighborhood bar, so like I'm exposed to mostly radio friendly stuff from the the late seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. So you you're never exposed to anything new, but it's not my listening habits per se. But I I'm kind of all uh, again all over the board. I like I like okay. reggae, I like rock, I like classic rock, I like I like country. You know, uh, and I never thought I'd say that, but I do like some country. Uh, you know, we might I, touch on country. Today. Okay, I so, like that. Is it sort of like FM radio? Like, because I, I kind of, as a consumer, as a customer, I kind of feel like you, most bars you you basically hear the same shit. It's either brand new or really fucking old. I think that music is truly forgotten about by whoever the operator is, the owner or the managers or whatever. It's they don't, an afterthought. It's an afterthought. And, and maybe not even an afterthought. It's like they only they only hear it when it's bad. Uh-huh. You know, so if 
more people paid attention to what they played, it would create such a better environment for the patrons. I agree. Yeah, and 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 and, and that's my biggest gripe about jukeboxes is that you are taking one of maybe your most important aspects of your of your ambiance and giving it away to people that may oh. have no knowledge of music or I just see. like I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a bar and I'm having a decent time and all of a sudden I hear seven Metallica songs in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, there there is uh, etiquette, I think. I believe boxes. in etiquette. Yes, and, and then it's largely no one understands that unwritten and unknown. I think that I, I, even at the offshore, I'll run in, uh, you know, because I, you know me, I like playing songs when I'm but down there. You are very good about like judging the environment and going, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to go way up here or go way outside of someone's uh, knowledge or or, yeah. or ears on this. I'm not going to play techno in the middle of the day. I'm not going to play. Uh, death metal at lunchtime. Oh, if only. You, well, <laughs> but you don't do it because you understand. Yeah. Well, I think when you put a song on a jukebox, you have an audience. Yeah. And when you have an audience, you have a responsibility to a certain degree. It's 100% a small agree. degree, but I think it's still yours. Or you can be an asshole and just go, hey, mm -hmm. this is what I want to hear, and I'm going to subject everyone to my musical masturbation. <laughs> yes. And I'm just going to masturbate yeah. for you for 35 minutes with a bunch of stuff that nobody in here wants to hear. And people will leave your building. Yeah. If, they, if the music goes bad, they'll leave. Like, you should never play any same band more than one times in a row. That's a good you got to break it up. That's at least true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, you wanna, if you're a huge Sublime fan, then play your Sublime. But then hit a couple other things that, like, keep other people interested. Just like any DJ would do or any yeah. band would do. Like, play one for you, then play two for the crowd. Well, let's get into uh, what we call Currents. Uh, my partner and I usually we're cashing in a, a bet, but I, we've already cashed it in. So I. So what's to, our bet? I, well, we'll get to that at the end okay. of the show, actually. All right. Let's get into currents first. What is currently tickling your dick in in terms of what you listen to? You know what? Uh, I don't listen to a lot of radio right now because, again, as I get older, I'm just not super interested. So I have to be like, someone has to shove it down my throat. Uh -huh. But there's a Lord Huron song called, uh, I forget the exact name, but I think it's The Night We Met. I just love it because there's so much alliteration in that song. And I'm a huge lyric guy, and Jeff okay. and I get in this argument all the time about music <laughs> versus lyrics. Yeah, I believe the, you have to meld them. I know great songs that are good musically, but they have horrible lyrics, and that's ah, okay. And I know great songs that have great lyrics, but musically they suck. So I like when they meld together and create this great thing that is greater than the sum of the parts. So, I, I would agree. I actually agree with you. I think lyrics are, are frosting. I, I don't even think. I don't think they're frosting, man. Great lyrics. I mean, it's great when they're great, but you don't need it. Well, then we can delve into Dylan. Like, some of his songs were horrible, but his lyrics were so good, yeah. it made the song better. He did win the so, Pulitzer for writing, so yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, a, he's America's poet, for yeah. sure. Yeah, he is. But, like, that's the thing, is that, like, they don't have to come together, but they should come together. And the great songs, they do come together. Ideally, yeah. With Lord Huron, do they come together? I believe so. It's a, it's a very lilting, haunting song. So it, it kind of was almost one of my choices for sad drinking songs for the, the, the terms of this podcast. Uh -huh. uh, but he has this alliteration in the middle of it. It's like, I had all of you, some of you, most of you, then none of you. And I loved that. I just loved how he like 
took that of I had all of you because when you get together with someone, you have all of them because you're so into each other. Uh-huh. And then, then they, they, they either one of you creeps away, and then you have most of them, and then you have some of them, and then you have none of them. Mm-hmm. And I just loved how he said that. It was such a beautiful line. Not to ride along with you. about this this is a little sentimental ditty and i'd call this beautiful it's it's a very pretty composition yeah yeah um but i wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics all i kept thinking was man this is being played at weddings which is kind of good and kind of bad it's horrible because this song is all about can you take me back to the night we met so i cannot meet you but people misconstrue the stuff all the time due to the tone. The the music may be the, the package, the nice, beautiful package mm-hmm. on the outside, which like makes you think it's wonderful. Yeah. But to me, the, the lyrics, when you open that package up and see what's inside, oh my God, it was such beautiful like wrapping and so the bows were wonderful. But then when you like rip it open and see what's inside that with the lyrics, yeah, it just Oh my God! That that gift like took my breath away. I wish our listeners could see you right now, gesticulating. He's like every every syllable involved Doug like digging into this imaginary present and 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 holding his arms aloft when it was open. It, it, you, you were so passionate about this stuff. I love. I'm it. a passionate man. What do you know about Lord Huron? Anything? I know nothing about him okay. at all. Not even not one thing. I don't even know if it's a guy or a girl or anything. I don't have I don't, no idea. I know it's a man uh, who is at the center of it. I, I looked him up briefly, but I didn't really get into it. Uh, and they're a Los Angeles band. I know that. Oh wow. Which surprised me yeah. actually. The, I know I said this thing about the wedding, but this is haunting. It's super haunting, and, and like if anyone places their wedding, they are. So off base. <laughs> so off base. Do not pick this for your wedding song. And if you do, you are in for a world of heartache. I mean, Because really? you're picking the worst song ever. He's basically <laughs> saying, I wish I could go back in time. Yeah. And I would not change anything about my life, except I would go back in time and go to the night I met you and not meet you. <laughs> like, how? Like, Wow. Doug, uh, let's jump into the elephant in the room. Oh, my God. Elephants. I love elephants. The the, uh, the elephant in the room is our main segment, which is usually a thought-provoking, musically-related topic. And the elephant in the room this week is songs we like to drink to. It it doesn't have to mention alcohol, but it can. It can be anything personal or universal. It doesn't matter. Uh, How difficult was this for you to choose three songs? This has been one of the hardest things for me to do, like, honestly, because I love drinking. Uh, I enjoy it. It makes me happy. Uh, man, it's so much fun. Tell me more about how you love drinking, and I'll pour you another drink. I love drinking. Uh, you know, uh, Dean Martin said one time, he said, I feel bad for people that don't drink because when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they feel all day long. So I'm, I'm aware of that quote. I enjoy drinking. Uh, but as far as elephants 
in the room? Oh, well, man. let's just talk about drinking songs. Oh, drinking song. Jeff tasked me to pick three songs to talk about on his podcast. And again, I'm not a musician. I don't claim to be one. I don't I don't claim to know anything no one else does. But you do. But you're I love sh- music. You're full of shit right I now. We, we talk music. about music all just the time. Not, I know, but I, I does, I'm not a musician. I don't know music. I just love music. <laughs> well, you're around music all the time. You know, I've whether been you around music for my entire life. You know what I want you to do real quick? Tell the story about uh, the music videos that was shot in your condo. Oh no, my part, my apartment. Your apartment, okay. Hell, here, here, drink this and then. Man, we're doing a shot at Jaeger Blister. Uh huh. Did you have anything to drink before you came over tonight? Oh yeah, yeah. I, oh, okay. yeah. I had to get goosed up before I got here. <laughs> this oh, is no. this is terrifying. Like you Why? don't understand. You do it. I don't do this. Well, I'm gonna edit the shit out of this. You're I hear sound, it. You're gonna sound good. Oh well, I mean maybe, but I mean just like having to talk to people and like I don't know how you do it personally. Like we have a very put, small audience. Again, doesn't matter how small it is. You're like putting yourself out there and trying yeah. to make people like you and people who love you. I can do mine at my bar in the where I work at. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me because I can see you and I can understand if you like me or don't like me or this or that. And I can I can adjust how I talk uh-huh. on the fly. I can adjust that when you put it out either on a record mm-hmm. or in concert or on the interweb. Or however you do it, and you put it out there, and you want people to love you, because you do, and you know you do, Jeff, and Ken does too. I'd like to do a good job. Yeah, you want people to love you for what you're giving out, because you're you're putting effort into this. And you're, you're, yeah, you're, sure. You're giving it out there. You're giving of yourself. I feel like this is how you approach bartending, though, to be honest. Exactly, but at least I can see... The people. Yes, I can see who <laughs> yeah. I'm dealing with. Yeah. You know, and you cannot. So you have to trust that yeah. what you have to say is beautiful that you hope that that resonates with them or at least i get my shitty. interaction immediately yeah you don't even know until you get that little comment at the end of of whatever whenever you send it out uh-huh that's a different thing our audience that's is hard is, i'm glad to say our audience is very supportive that's great yeah but you don't know until you do it it's true and so i know i get mine immediately i get my satisfaction immediately you have to wait and hope I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I want to get that story out of you, but let's dive into some music first. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first or last? Oh, man. I, I believe that I should go first because you have a surprise, I guess. Well, it's not a big surprise. I actually think we might have some overlap is the only surprise. Well, then I can change <laughs> it up. I got I got I, I studied for this let's, one. Let's so. dig into your number three. My number three? Right. Oh, we're going to start from the bottom. You're th- exactly. Oh, man. Give Me Shelter. Give Me Shelter is your number three. My number three. Tell me why. By the Rolling Stones. Tell you what. You want to start a a nice discussion, if not fight in a bar? (laughs) Say, Give Me Shelter is the greatest rock and roll song ever written. But I feel like people feel like they should agree. No, they'll, no, they'll come up with the all other, kinds of other stuff. Well, they'll, yeah, I mean, I feel they'll like... pick their favorite song or this or this. It's not even my favorite Stone song. That's what's so funny about this. But <laughs> it is the greatest rock and roll song ever written. And so, if you're talking about drinking songs and you want to keep the bar alive, uh-huh. like we talked about earlier about how not musically masturbating and like and get everyone involved, that is a song that just gets people up. It like brings the level up. It's it's no. I mean, I I it is my favorite Stone song. It not it, mine. I I know. What is your favorite Stone song? 
Uh, Symphony of the Devil probably. Okay. That's the bossa nova beat. So oh sure different. sure sure. I, I think this song is com- absolutely remarkable. The first time I heard it and, and I actually knew what it was, mm-hmm. it blew my mind. I think it was in college and and it. The thing I like about it, one of one of the many things I like about it, is that it was released in 1969, and it doesn't necessarily sound like the 60s. It can it be sounds anywhere. separate to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great art. It's off of Let It Bleed. Are you familiar with that record? Nah, I'm, we talked about this all the time. I'm not oh, an album guy. Right, I'm a yeah. singles guy. song but it's just a, a fun song when you're in a bar you can like say hey us here together sharing this experience what do you guys think the greatest rock and roll song is and then play it and everyone will love the song uh-huh. but it sparks conversation it does which is what you should do in a bar you should like be there to like be a part of what you're doing and like and meet new people and have new ideas and, and like and you know what you want to come with your idea the greatest rock and roll song we yeah can, we can have a conversation about that I'm going to play it right here. I'll cut it in. Um, but when I come back from the song, I'll say, what usually is the argument? When you when you posit that Gimme Shelter is the greatest rock and roll song of all time, when people come back with theirs, what's the most common argument uh, on their part? They usually go for a Zeppelin song or uh, uh, an ACDC song or oh. November Rain. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing against nothing November against Rain. It. Horrible song. But but give me shelter. Give me shelter. Come on. Kills it. (laughs) Again, how it touches all the bits of a song that you needed to touch to be rock and roll. And I think more than anything, Mary Clayton, who's the backup singer, has to be mentioned. She was, what, nine months pregnant? Well, I actually looked her up today, and I don't know how pregnant she was. I do know that they got her up late at night. She was on her way to bed. She was pregnant. She was very pregnant. I, and like I said, I don't know, nine months or whatever, but she was definitely pregnant. She uh, went to the studio in her pajamas, mm-hmm. according to her, and recorded this. And have you heard the isolated vocals on her? No. Oh, I've got you that You should up. play that. I will play that for you. So she was summoned pregnant from bed around midnight by the producer, Jack Nietzsche. Uh, Clayton made her recording with just a few takes, then returned home to bed. She later miscarried. Oh, no. Can you believe that? God, no. That's so fucked up. That's that's like an extra layer of darkness to this song. I mean, for all we know, she belted it out and she sacrificed her baby for this song. (laughs) And then then on on top of that, how horrible that is, and Mm -hmm. it's the most horrible 
thing that a female can ever go through. I would say that's probably true. She has to hear that song all the time, and it reminds her of that time. There's so much humanity there, and that song, I, I, I don't know, if, I don't want to overstate this, but I feel like half the song is Mary Clayton. I really do. I think that song, I don't know if it's got the legs that, that it does with her. I think it does. Someone, again, no disrespect to her. Sure. Because she like killed it, and when she broke in that, it broke my heart. And that's the whole song is heartbreak, mm-hmm. and and that was just part of it. Cause like I think that when Mick said "woo," he understood the whole song's about heartbreak. And then she broke in her vocal, and it just made it like magic. The thing about magic. the thing about the Stones, I don't think that uh, people realize. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe I'm selling them short. But you know, when people have the argument the Beatles are the Stones, it, it doesn't compare. I, I mean, sure you can like one over the other, but they're not the same kind of fruit. No, you know the, the Stones have always. I'm been a, a Beatles camp guy. I am too, actually, in a lot of ways. Uh, although that's softened. No disrespect with age. Yeah, no, no, and and honestly, I think the Beat. I mean, the Beatles only only existed for a little while, and the Stones are still Eight around. Years. But the Stones have made far more garbage than good stuff, like by a lot. Mm. But this, this is as good as it got. Um, I wanted to. Read so to can you. I ask you a question? Yeah. In terms of art. If you throw out a hundred pieces of garbage, yeah, but you're one, you have one truly beautiful thing. Does sure, that it's worth make it. you great? It, it does make you absolutely. Yeah. My my quibble with the Rolling Stones is is the same quibble I have with anyone who's a successful end in the limelight, which is I think they become complacent. Metallica has been wrestling with this for decades, yeah. where it's diminishing returns because they're overthinking it or whatever. Um, and the they, Stones, I think, are underthinking. I think they, you know, they hardly ever put out a record, but I don't think they work very hard on it when they, they do. They don't care anymore. No, I mean, what? Why would they? They're fucking. Oh, they're seventy. <laughs> no, no, cuss all you want. They're seventy. <laughs> well, I mean, seventy-five. I don't think they put out a record since. I mean, I, I since I was a very small child. I've been to a few uh, Stones concerts. You know, when well, that's uh, Keith Richards co- has his uh, his song that he does, everyone goes to the bathroom, <laughs> and then you come back when the good stuff happens. That's a different conversation, though, because I'm sure they're great live. I have always. Missed oh, them. Have you you've, you have seen them three times? Oh wow! Okay, and I'm 48 now. I've seen them, and like the guy was 60, 70 years old. I'm tired watching Mick <laughs> Jagger and Keith Richards do their stuff, and they're killing it for three hours straight. It is remarkable that people significantly older than both of us, like Springsteen, constantly amazes me. I'm like, what is it about? Scientology, whatever the hell you've got going on, man. That's your sacred cow. So let's not even go down this. <laughs> all right, all right. Road. Well, I just wanted to mention that this song was he's a sacred cow. Like he's those you should like, but uh, you know what? Whatever. Oh, he's got a like, couple songs. You don't like the boss. He's got like three songs. Oh, this is controversial. I think I like the boss pretty well. I, I got. I, I don't really. I mean, I do think you're right. I do think there's an inflated ego and that comes with. No, it's not an ego. He, he does what he does. I think I a lot of his ego. stuff is is derivative on its on its own stuff, but I won't go into that. His stuff's not that great. <laughs> Let's get into my pick, if you don't mind. Yeah. Before we go, to, oh, before I move on, actually, I want to tell wanted to tell you that Gimme Shelter was ranked, and I I know this is all pretty arbitrary. Mm-hmm. But Rolling Stone made a big deal of their mm-hmm. 500 best rock rock and roll songs of all time. They ranked at number 38. Wow. And Marcus Grails, the celebrated critic from the 60s, said of this, this is the Stones have never done anything better than Give Me Shelter, and this was in 1969. I agree. I think that still stands. Yeah, I uh, agree. Because it crammed Vietnam, nuclear threats, drug addiction, Altamont, I mean, infidelity. Did you know that Keith wrote the opening pr- progression 
after discovering that Mick was having an affair with with Mrs. Keith. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. No. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No. So not a great drinking song, unless, like me, you relate to it, uh, drinking at the offshore and arguing uh, with Doug. And I don't mean, by that I don't mean I'm arguing with you about the conclusion. We're arguing together. You and I are arguing against oh, everyone yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my number three is a song by Willie Nelson called Whiskey River. Whiskey River. <laughs> take me home. Is that yeah, it? take me home. Uh, do you know this song? Uh, I do. I, I haven't heard it in like maybe thirty years since I was growing up in Texas. Let's give it a listen. Let's do it. I'm drowning in a whiskey river, bathing my memory mind in the wetness of its soul. Feeling the amber current flowing from my mind And leaving the heart you left so cold Whiskey River, take my mind Don't let her memory torture me Whiskey River, don't Take care of me. Originally recorded by country songwriter Johnny Bush in 72, Willie got a hold of it the very next year for his album Shotgun Willie. And when I look at this, look at this cover. Is there anything more 70s than that between the cowboy romanticism and, I don't know, the, there's like a Burt Reynolds energy to this. I don't know, man. I'm looking at that thing and seeing testes. <laughs> Or ovaries. It's ovaries. That's like, a different kind of shotgun, the, two, the testes. It's like the, the, and then it drops down in the uterine tube. I don't know. <laughs> right. Maybe it's maybe it's super feminine. Who knows? Maybe it is. Uh, this is a Willie staple. Usually the first song of his set. I mean, he generally opens with this. And I actually, I wasn't terribly surprised by that, but I just didn't know that. Do you know what the most played uh, song on a jukebox is? Uh-oh. Crazy. By? By Patsy Cline. Oh, of course. Do you know course. who wrote that? Oh, Willie did. Willie didn't he? Nelson. I, th I think I did know that Amazing. one. Amazing. Yeah. I wonder. Been I've, doing it that long. I bet his version isn't much better though. Patsy's version's pretty great. Uh, it, her version's way better, but you know. The guy's a great songwriter. Yeah, the guy, his lyrics he's, are amazing. He's a national treasure. Him and I have uh, the same birthday, I think. Uh, of course you do. Shotgun Willie. The thing that blows me away. This came out in 1973. Why, Why is this yours? Why is this my? Yeah. Pick? Oh, you know, this actually goes back to college. Believe it or not, okay. I had a brief country phase. I used to party with uh, my friends. Well, to be honest, my roommates, who, whether they were there or not, and this was just one of those songs that would get thrown on. So my picks are pretty arbitrary, Doug, because I just want to get your two cents. Well, this is like kind of a bullshit pick, then. Like, if it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's country, and like maybe it was well, my roommates, or no, 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 there's no meat in this for you. Here's the meat. This reminds me of my old man. Okay. This isn't then so much my drinking. You know my dad. I've met your old man. Yeah. He's a good man. He's probably going to listen to this episode. He's a uh, good man. Because he knows both of us. <laughs> He's a good man. Uh, I actually should have asked him. I should have called him today and asked him what he thought. I think he likes, I know he likes Willie. I just don't know if he loves Willie, you know. Yeah, but he would probably give him some banjo stuff that would have been great. There's just something about this, this song in particular that just sounds like my childhood. At my dad's house. Wow. And and it's funny because I wasn't drinking, but he was. And you hate country. <laughs> I don't hate country. I hate I hate a lot of the the the, the top forty country now. Yeah, well, I have a hard time pop. with the popular stuff. It is not. Yeah, it, it's I'm been calling, pop since Garth Brooks. It has been. Yeah, calling it country it's is the '90s. Very disingenuous. Yeah. 
anyway, let's not get into that. The thing okay. I wanted to ask you, though, is this came out in 73. I wasn't even born yet. How old were you in 73? Two. So this was Willie Nelson's 16th album. What the hell? And he been writing, he'd been album. writing hits for other people before That's, then. I mean, I know he's old. I didn't think he was that old. Yeah. 16 records. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. So anyway, Willie had moved to Austin, uh, had kind of taken part in the whole hippie music scene there. He met Jerry Wexler, and the rest was history. He became Atlantic's re- Atlanta Records' first country. He was the big outlaw country, yeah. was Willie Nelson. This, is, this song uh, is commonly referred to as the starting point, the, okay. the uh, patient zero of outlaw country. I was born in 71. My dad was in the military. He was, in, he was an Army recruiter. And you're, from, you're from Bakersfield, right? This is a Texas time oh, when okay. I lived in Texas. I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, my father was stationed uh, in Austin after I was born at, at the Air Force Base down in Corpus Christi. He was a recruiter after four tours of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But Willie always had a Fourth of July uh, bash. picnic bash. Yeah, I don't remember it because I was too young. But my father took me to those things back in the early seventies. So Willie might have been your first concert. My first concert was the Village People. Oh, that's right. I did know that. Did I ever tell you what mine was? Ricky Nelson. <laughs> I mean, that's. It, I didn't buy tickets to that. I was five years old. I mean, my first first concert was Napalm Death. That's a different story. Wow. Very different than Ricky Nelson. Um, how you doing on drink, by the way? I'm good. Okay. Uh, he was Atlantic Records' first country artist. Uh, like I said, an early artifact of Outlaw Country. Shotgun Willie refers to the nickname Nelson received after his daughter Susie warned him of, d- of the domestic abuse suffered by her sister Lana. Nelson drove to Lana's house where he fought with her husband and threatened to shoot him with his shotgun. You should. And that is how he that is how that nickname stuck for at least I a time. It. You're not gonna hear that too often, I don't think. Shotgun Willie. All you need need to know is he's Willie these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Doug, what is your number two? My number two in the drinking realm of having a good time drinking, uh-huh. not sad drinking. <laughs> well, I mean, does it matter? Is why don't we get drunk and screw? Uh-huh. By Jimmy Buffett. Okay, we've never really talked about Jimmy Buffett on the show before. But oh, he's rad. I'm not a big fan of his. The one song of his I like, you don't like, which is which Vol- one? Volcano. Oh, that one's dumb. <laughs> so dumb. But talk about this song. Again, why don't we get drunk and screw? It's just like a throwaway song. It's like, hey, we're sitting at the bar, we're drinking, and we're trying to have a good time, and maybe there's a good-looking girl, maybe there's not. Why don't we just get drunk and screw? Like... Who doesn't want that? So so you like the approach. It's honesty. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we get drunk and screwed? I just bought a water bed. filled up for me and you. They say you are a snub queen. Honey, I don't think that's true. I have to admit, that's, that's, I mean, I know of that song, but I don't know that it's song. It's a dumb song. That's better than I imagined, though. Of course. To be honest. And yeah. I, I think Jimmy Buffett's a one-trick pony. I, I don't really like him. You're kind of a musical snob, and I love you. I don't mean to be. I, Actually, it's funny, because my role on the podcast is I'm trying to understand why people like what they Ken like. Is more of a fucking snob than you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Well, sometimes. Yes. I know he's not more of a snob. 
I don't know. He he can a lot of times. Well, he he gets impatient when songs are too long. That's his thing. Okay. Cannot fucking stand it when it's over three minutes. Like, don't get him started. <laughs> and there are a few sacred cows he does not appreciate. It's not like Led Zeppelin. Does not like the. Doors. I don't really like Led Zeppelin that much either. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, some of the songs are good, but I don't believe they deserve the the exalted the lionization. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know because yeah. you, the you're right. A lot of Led Zeppelin isn't great. Uh, Cashmere's rad. Cashmere is rad. With the levee breaks, rad. Going to California, rad. Is this the kind of thing if you were at home, got the day off, and you were just going to get fucked up? Oh, yeah. This would be on the playlist, right? No, not that one. Really? I, I kind of went with the song sitting in a bar drinking with other people. I see. Like low-hanging fruit for me. Or okay. like, you know, kind of like, what can I get people involved in? Because that's what I do uh -huh. for my living. A lower denominator. So, yeah, so of. like, yeah. hey, we, we, hey, who... You can get a whole bar to sing, why don't we get drunk and screwed? That's easy. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Give Me Shelter. That's an easy one. Like, you can uh -huh. get people to sing that. Those are songs that you can get people to sing and have them involved in what you're doing. And I'm always trying to, to make the party happen, to build the parties, to bring, to be inclusive. Uh-huh. So they're not my personal songs that I listen to, but they are fun songs that I know that we can do together as a bar mm -hmm. if we're all together. Speaking of inclusive, talk about the time you included a band in your apartment for their music video shoot. I, I'm, I'm taking a, a hard left turn here. Hard I want to get this story out. What's the band again? Sprung Monkey. Sprung Monkey, that's you right. You should listen to them. They're a great San Diego band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they filmed a video at my house called Good Times. It's on uh, YouTube. You should watch it. I'm the tall, skinny guy with like the semi-long hair. Uh... But it's a it's a great song. It's a great that, band. How'd that even happen, though? Me and my roommate, we were sitting on our our deck, watching the surf, trying to think of if we want to go surf or not. So we were sitting there, and the director of the video came in and said, "Hey, uh, do you mind if we uh, film a video at your house?" We're like, My, "Yeah." So they were already shooting on the beach and whatnot. No, they were looking. They were he was scouting locations. They were scouting. Okay. And we didn't know who it was. He goes, "How much to rent your place for the the day?" And we're like. Man, we don't want any money. Just buy the beer, buy yeah. the kegs, and we're good. Let's okay. do this. So they got halfway through the filming. They bought three kegs to start with. <laughs> yeah. And then we ran out of beer about halfway through their shoot. Because you had a uh, bunch of people there. Oh, there was like 100 people there. Uh, <laughs> and so we ran out of the kegs, and then my roommate, Phil Gunther, love that man. Uh, he goes, he looks around, he goes, we're out of beer. It was in the middle of a shot, and he goes, Stop! And everyone stopped. Your lease is pulled, right? <laughs> yes. And then the director's like, hey, man, can we finish the shot? And he goes, no, you said you'd buy the beer. <laughs> and he made them stop production until they went to Palm Liquor uh -huh. and got another keg of beer. And the keg started flowing, and Phil goes, go! <laughs> it was rad. And this is Mission Beach? Uh, Pacific PB? Beach, two doors okay. north of Lahaina's. Jimmy Buffett, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I heard he's not as islandy as as he puts out. Oh, he's a super good businessman. He's like Mr. New York City, right? Well, <laughs> I'm sure he's got Key West in him, but I'm sure he ran drugs. I'm sure he he's done a lot of things. But now he has a casino in Las Vegas. He's he got does? resorts. Yeah, I didn't know. Good yeah. God, man! The guy That's turned crazy. his stuff into the greatest thing. But if you like, you're 40 now. 41. 42. 42 now. I'm 48. If you ever want to hear about a man missing his mark, A Pirate Looks at 40 is one of the greatest songs ever written. Which one is that now? I know the title. But... Mother, Mother Ocean, I have seen you call. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. What about it? it? It just, it touches on everything about we've had everything when we were young, and we've lost it all, and now the world has passed us by. And now here we are, left with the ashes of what we could have been. Okay. It's a great song. He's, he seems very contemplative for sort of a, a one-dimensional songwriter, you know. He, he, I always think you him think as, that, right? I always think of him just being like, "Well, you I'm don't gonna, listen to his lyrics. I'm going to write about margaritas today." Sure. There's a big shocker, or volcanoes. Right, right. The <laughs> only reason I like that song, by the way, is because when we were shopping for baby stuff for my my son, who was born at the moment, who's now two, mm -hmm. uh, that that earworm got stuck in my head, and sure. I've always hated Jimmy Buffett. And that one, and now when I hear that, I think of my son. So it's, it's jangly, jingly guitar music, and you think that it's like so shallow. But if you listen again to the lyrics, uh -huh. if you open up the present and see what's inside, okay, it would change you. Uh, I would like to turn up the volume here a bit, if you don't mind. Let's do this. I'm going to pivot on you. Sorry about that. The, the abrupt segue. Uh, I want to talk about a man named Andrew Federley Wilkes Creer. Yeah, party hard. Party hard. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you've never played that song once. Oh, I have. You just weren't there. Uh, you mean at the at the restaurant? Yeah. 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 No. Actually, my wife is a much bigger Andrew WK fan than I am. It's you... horrible, man. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me why, and it's I'll just, tell you why you're wrong. It's just like it's again. It's just like so over the top. It's like you don't need to be that big, man. <laughs> but Andrew WK is only. I mean, honestly, in a way, this is a Jim, this is a Jimmy He's Buffett 11. note. He, he's only one gear, wow. really. Right. Um, he is actually a California native, but he was raised in Michigan. He had punk metal roots. He was in bands called, and I really like some of these band names. I, I, I want to hear it. The Pterodactyls, Lab Lobotomy. The, my favorite, I think, though, is Music Band. <laughs> I like one, that. It was one of That's his rad. bands. And then he had another band called Mr. Velocity Hopkins. Uh, dumb. But then when he came out to, well, I mean, that's dumb, but I mean. Do you know why you can't hear a a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? <laughs> Why? Because the P is silent. <laughs> okay. I, sh I, I should have seen that coming. I'm really ashamed of myself right now. You have kids. Uh, I would call what he does, I, I would say over the top is fair. Oh, yeah. Uh, this over, is, way this over is, the top. This is like hedonistic power rock. Okay. You know, in a way, this is like a punk version of, I don't want to insult Mr. WK, but this is like a, a power metal version of like, poison or something like there's a hair metal quality okay. to his stuff but it's it's just so hard driving that it i never really think of it that way on its surface uh there's this high production by the way that's when this album was uh produced uh he wanted the songs to sound like one instrument you know he wanted all instead of sounding like separate parts he, he wanted it to be just one sword Cutting off the heads. I'm so of the amazed that he had any thought into his music. I, I, wow. I think you would be surprised, I actually. Am super surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that you like him. Another interesting note here is that this song and this record, the record is "I Get Wet" from 2001. It was inspired. This song, especially, was inspired by "We Are the World." <laughs> <laughs> Bring that full circle. Because, Let's do this. Because he liked the powerful choral performance. The voices were like an orchestra. And if you think about this song. I mean, all the things that I just said about it, that he wanted it to be, it is. It is those things. It is all like one instrument. It is not easy to discern each instrument from another because it's been so overproduced. 
that it just is one thing. Do you feel like sometimes that you want to be so punk that you like go outside of punk and like you just get weird? Oh, I think there's a lot of punk rock energy to this guy. <laughs> I don't think this is all at all outside of the punk world. I mean, it certainly is left of center of, of the punk rock sphere, but. <laughs> and and I will admit, a lot of it is I just like Andrew. And, and I get it, and I, and I love you, and I respect you, and I respect your knowledge, and you're good, dude. Like, this one really surprised me. Now, why I mean, do you, just, be, you just like it because why? It's just, he's, he's just... He's trying too like hard? He's just trying too hard. Okay. Like he's doing it to just be it. It does feel gimmicky. I, yeah. will, I, will, I will give you that. It does. And do you, you're so super, like, heart on things. Oh, I no, but see, to me, this is very honest. I mean, not the instrumentation. The production is extremely dishonest. Okay. But the man, the persona, uh, actually, I, there has been some controversy about him being not who he says he is. But uh, that aside, I feel like uh, it's so simple in its message. It's like so dumb. It's smart almost. You okay. Know? He, he <laughs> I look at you trying to go. Okay, no. Hey, man, it's not for me. I get it. Taco. Falco, you know, yeah, you're like trying to be something, and yeah, whatever. Well, and if you think about this within the context of 2001, in a way, this is a really, if you're not digging stained, this is a really good antidote to that crybaby stuff. Oh my God. Right? Aaron Lewis. I know you love Aaron Lewis. I know, I know. But if if you're not into Aaron Lewis and all his mopey shit. I hated stained, but I loved Aaron Lewis. But if you're in 2001 and you're not digging all the sad sack shit, Andrew WK is the antidote you oh, need. You got Backstreet Boys. I, I, you got all oh, kinds no. of stuff. Maybe you do that. You got so, all kinds of popcorn out there. That's interesting. So, do you regard Andrew as popcorn? Yeah. I think that's actually a fair critique. Yeah. Because he's not, you're right, there, there's not a depth at all. No. But I mean, and with drinking songs, I mean, if you want to get a party started. Sure. though that there is there is a lot of me that laughs when i listen to this sure like there's a song on this record called she is beautiful and you look at the track list and you're like oh did he do a ballad no it's no. the same thing yeah. and it's like she is beautiful she is beautiful it's party so, anthem it's so funny it's the same i mean to be honest if i were in a cover band i'd want to play this i have 16 guys in garages could play that better than that <laughs> oh i don't know about that but the production value is very high <laughs> But that's not, not notwithstanding. This is overproduced. It's overwhelming guitars. It's punk it's meets hair metal horrible. energy. And all, it has all the power of like, a beer, to beer me, commercial. Punk, punk has soul that has no soul. For the record, I am not calling this a punk rock song. Okay. Then what do you call I'm it? Ca I'm saying it has punk rock energy, but this is this is more of a, of a power rock, poppy 
You know, I know I'm diluting the water here. That was you... disco without any redeeming value. I think there actually is a lot of disco in this, but that I, was I hate disco, so I'm the other end of you on this. But it's like the same thing. It's like just how do we prepackage something that like and feed it to them? Party hard. Yeah. Who doesn't want to hear that song? Everybody. <laughs> and it's funny because when I was in college, I wasn't like partying that hard unless it was with my own buddies in our own apartment. We never really went anywhere. But you made it up. We did. Yeah. yeah. And in a way, a song like this yeah. will, will elevate your drinking. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the three of us were playing some uh, Dungeons and Dragons and listening uh, to Party Hard. Hey, we weren't yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might have watched The Lord of the Rings a few times. All right. Lord of the Rings. Let's party hard. Let's do this. I think I'm actually surprised to hear you say this because I don't think you're if I'm if I'm remembering right, you're not a guy that subscribes to the idea of a guilty pleasure. No, I don't. And I'll give anyone their guilty pleasure. But for the sake of what we're doing, yes, I will. I will. I will poke you. Because to me, this demolishes the notion of guilty pleasure. It's guilty pleasure for sure. OK. Yeah. yeah. I, made you, I made you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, again, I will never take away a guilty pleasure. This is a guilty pleasure song for sure. All right. But you know what? I'll listen to Bye 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 by the Backstreet Boys. Not a great song, but it's a fun song. You are not a snob. I'll give you that. Not at all. You know what time it is? Time to drink. Time to drink. And it's time for our number ones. Oh, no. Number one. Doug, we've, we've come to a part in the show where we're, we're feeling it. We've had a few Hell drinks. yeah. You had a few drinks on your way How over here. How can you have... A show about drinking songs That's without what I'm drinking. Saying. But I, you've got to drive home, so I don't want to go too overboard. But do you want another shot? I don't have to drive home because that would be illegal. Of course, you'll get an Uber. I meant I will get an Uber from here if you want to have a shot. Okay. I then. think that he's challenging me, to, <laughs> like because he's home. Well, I don't want you to slur too much into my microphone. Is all. <laughs> have I slurred yet? I think I, I'm doing pretty good. I think you're hanging in there. I'm doing good. All right, Doug, it's time for number one. Holy wow, we're already on number one. Let's talk about your number one, but let's first uh, toast. Is this a good time to toast? Good time to toast. All right. What is your number one? I asked Jeff earlier, are we picking low-hanging fruit, or are we like, trying to go some deeper cuts? And I said? And you said, pick the ones that you love and you can talk about. So I picked for my number one. The lowest hanging fruit for drinking songs. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. I had a feeling this song would come up. It has to be the best drinking song of all time. Because I don't care what country you're in, and I've been in a lot of countries. Uh-huh. You pop Bohemian Rhapsody and you start singing it. People know People it. cannot stop from singing it. It, it is like a, a poem everyone knows. It's Everyone knows the, the, the words. Everyone knows the, the feel. You don't even need to know English, I don't think. It, no. It, it sort of translates. I've been it? in Thailand and they've sang the song. <laughs> and they don't speak English. Yeah. But they know they can they can mimic the words sure, or whatever. Sure. But yeah, you sure. play Bohemian Rhapsody any bar in the world, people all of a sudden rise up and have a union. It's really a phenomenon even before the whole uh movie happened the wayne's world yeah yeah not you know, Wayne. even before wayne's oh you world. mean you mean uh oh before wayne's world before I th- wayne's world i was before gonna go the 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 uh biography of okay uh, Freddie yeah. mercury you have an issue with that movie uh by the way uh bohemian rhapsody right you want to talk about that well i mean I, we don't have to talk about it but i i will say that i i felt that it was disingenuous to the lbg Q LBGT LBGTQ. Yeah, I feel it was disingenuous because Freddie had been out for a while with his friends, and and he had been uh, 
living with the gentleman that they portrayed as being a, a mere a brand new a brand new love. Yeah, he'd been with him for six years. Wow. Yeah, and and then they tried to make Freddie look a little bit worse by saying that he left to like be a solo artist but when the drummer had already done two solo albums yeah, they left that out in the movie didn't yeah, they yeah they left that out they, they tried that, to tie it up that in blew a package. my mind that the drummer had released two solo records and then we're somehow supposed to believe that he had a problem with Freddie doing a solo record i don't again i i think queen was one of a quintessential band one of the greatest bands of all rock and roll time i i really do believe in them they did great things, and they, they orchestrated some things that in music that was never done before them. They were a beautiful band, and Freddie Mercury was a beautiful man. I don't know why they had to like make it tied up in a bow like that. That like yeah. hurt me. It didn't need to be that way. They'd been touring for months before Live Aid, and they uh-huh. made it seem like he came back for Live Just Aid. Just for Live Aid, yeah. Yeah, like so that they they made it seem less than. So for you, those details matter. It really did because it made it made it seem petty, and it uh-huh. wasn't petty because they were brothers and they 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 did that shit for years. Yeah, and they 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 created something when what they were offering nobody wanted to hear, but somehow. They became up, and they became maybe one of the greatest rock bands of, of all time. And to lessen it by saying it was so contrived, and it was a petty argument between the band that did this. You have a personal connection with this band, it sounds like. Not a personal one. I, I, I just mean... I don't know them. You know, emotionally speaking. I mean, well, have you been listening to them your whole life? No. I love the songs that I love. I'm not, like... I don't love every one of their songs, but they have so many great songs. And and my mother was a lesbian, and for in the eighties, being gay was horrible. It was a yeah. death It was I, like you were horrible. I remember the first time I ever heard of a gay person. It wasn't even they didn't even mention it. It was Mr. Belvedere talking about AIDS, and I think my parents had to explain to me that the gay community had something to do with it. And I was like, wait, 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 the, the what? <laughs> like the idea that they were talking about a disease before they would even talk about gay people. Yeah. That I mean I think that's that says something. Oh man, yeah. I mean it was horrible and like how we cannot accept each other as human beings. Yeah. Still blows my mind. What effect on a bar does a song like this have? Because I think you're picking this in a lot of ways because I guess you've already spoken to this some it's universal appeal. Oh my god, yes. This is not an exclusive this is an inclusive song. I will say on record, <laughs> that Gimme Shelter is the greatest rock and roll song ever written. Uh-huh. But Gimme Shelter is maybe the greatest song oh, you mean ever Bohemian written. Rhapsody? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably the greatest song written in the past hundred years. Uh-huh. It is the most universally loved song. And you can be anywhere with anyone and you play that song, yeah. you instantly. You are with each other, and you, and no one can help but sing that song. And I dare you, together, <laughs> I dare yeah. you to hear Bohemian Rhapsody and not sing at least part of that song. I dare you to not. Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. 
were saying while we were listening to it that that someone drove Freddie Mercury to sing a certain way? No, no. Freddie Mercury drove the band to oh, sing those songs. to sing it all. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all singing. Like, and, and I know you love isolating, and I love isolating, too. Mm-hmm. Isolate Freddie Mercury's vo- uh, vocals. vocals on that. We'll do it here. Unreal. Mama! Sometimes wish I'd never been born at all. Uh, what is your favorite movement of this song? Because there's many parts to this song. Is there a certain part that you're like, this is the sweet spot? Mm, that's hard because I love the build up and like you have to. Ha- it's hard to tear that apart because you have the build up that makes all the big stuff happen. Yeah. And probably my favorite is like, so you think you can stop me and spit in my eye. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you think you can leave me and love me to die. Leave me to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, no, baby. Can't do this to me, baby. <laughs> that, that, You're that's, right. That's him just saying, you are judging me. You are trying to make me less than. But no, I will not be, I will not be dragged down into your stuff. I'm going to rise above all yeah. this. I'm going to be strong. A song like this could easily get bloated. And it is I'm bloated. Sure, I'm sure there's people. It who, is bloated. I don't think it is. It and is. And here's why: it is. It is so well arranged. It is so decisively produced. And it, it, certainly, it's a long song. Sorry, Joey, but I think every note counts. I really do. And if you're bloated, not every note counts. There's there's fat to cut. I don't think there's any fat on this. You know how many people wrote that song? Mm-mm. One. <laughs> Do you know how many people produce that song? Uh, I'm guessing one. One. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Is Freddie Mercury your favorite rock artist no, of all time? Not at all. Really? But that song is magical. Well, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because you love to bring it up, and I'd like to get it on the record. But, and we're actually going to cut it off early here because my number one is your number three. I, I was gonna talk about Gimme Shelter at the end, but you you usurped me, you bastard. I thought you'd have like at least a pocket number three. Uh, <laughs> well, you have to remember, we've already done this episode to a certain degree, although our songs last season were the songs all mentioned drinking, like they were about drinking. So it was a little different this time. But honestly, uh, Gimme Shelter as a number one totally works for me because I do most of my drinking at your bar. So. <laughs> It, it kind of fits. There's it, other songs though, and like you are such, you have such a big head. I know what I know. You know better songs. Well, like I said, this was this was merely an excuse to get you on the microphone. Well, shit. Then so I'm happy to be here. Let's talk about your also rans. What else did you consider? Also rans. Yeah. Well, you had other candidates, didn't you? You know what? We kind of text back and forth about that. I think that if you've never heard about Metalachi, you should hear about Metalachi. We've talked about Metalachi on the show. Metalachi, you should look into them. They what they do is so much fun. Almost anything they've done covering music is rad. It is funny to think of Metalachi as oh, they're a cover band. They're a cover band. They are. Yeah. They seem like so much more than that, but they are. But if you're talking about in the vein of what we're talking about Uh in a bar, how awesome is it to introduce someone to something they already know? (laughs) <laughs> but it's so much fun in and a with the way. mariachi thing but it's also kind of metalish and it's rad peanut butter and chocolate kind of reese's thing uh-huh. i think happens. it does i think it does work well because a lot of the stuff they cover is classic rock 
sort of honestly a lot of the stuff they 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 play is something you would drink to in san diego it's a great blend yeah what's your favorite menelachi cover oh man uh i think uh crazy train consider because uh, we talked briefly about uh sort of sad drinking songs too right i love frank sinatra's yeah. uh one for my baby yeah there's there, there's more than those but I, that that definitely sticks out yeah certainly that's a great one and the wee uh, small hours yeah maybe it's okay <laughs> i love sinatra what else uh man waiting for the day because it reminds me of your wife what's waiting for the day it's a george michael song oh right right but it's all about like how you fucked up in a relationship, but also the female or the other partner the other person, yeah. fucked up in that. And it's like all about like, I get it that I did wrong. Uh-huh. I did wrong with you, but you also did wrong with me. Can we just not just say, hey, we did wrong together and be okay with that? Do you have and, an experience and, with that, Doug? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yes. I know you do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you think about the, the, the one that got away. I think about all of them that got away. Yeah. You know, like some of them got away for the right reasons. Some of them, because I was just bad. You were bad. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> How about you? Uh, what do you mean, the ones that got away? Do you uh, have ones that got away? No. <laughs> I only have ones that I'm glad are gone. I think. Yeah. I, the only girl I ever dated that wasn't a complete disaster was was a girl I dated right out of high school. Uh, her first name was Taryn. Uh, but uh, I mean, honestly, it's been a string of dysfunction until I met my wife. Yeah, <laughs> it really has. She's so good to you. She is. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kate. I, I don't know if I told you, Casey did this week's uh, episode. We oh, did. I hear we did the one. music of uh, Marvel. Well, she should have done <laughs> "Waiting for That Day." <laughs> I'm it, sure she knows that song. She she should. It's a great song. I didn't have a lot of also rans. I just had a Jawbreaker song called Kiss the Bottle, and shout out to listener Robbie uh, Lucero also covered that song. I don't suppose you know Jawbreaker, do you? No. Oh, you know what? I actually posted. Uh, I asked listeners for their suggestions, and I got a few. Our, our friend Tavis, uh, who's been on the show a number of times now, he says pretty much any Tom Waits song, but the piano has been drinking is the most on the nose. I would agree with that. Tom Waits really goes well. He's rad. Uh, with drinking. Uh, Tavis also mentioned Murder City Devils. There's a song called Rum to Whiskey. I don't know that. I don't know. I know the band. I don't know the song. Kevin chimed in, said, uh, better question, what music doesn't pair well with getting drunk? I was going to ask you. Oh, all kinds. Like what? ABBA. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, I don't really yeah, like ABBA. Maybe ABBA can. I don't know. If you you got to be drunk for ABBA to make it happen. And then Brandon chimed in and said, "Good drunk, listening to records, dancing, talking music, having a good time. For these times, I like beats. I like upbeat stuff. Conducive to dancing helps. Always good if you know the lyrics. Old soul. I totally agree. That everything he mentions here, good with drinking. Otis Redding, Sam and Dave, Oingo Boingo, Led Zeppelin to a lesser degree. I think for me, Black Sabbath. I mean, honestly, I don't think Black Sabbath is any better or worse drunk." Uh, the Cramps is definitely better drunk. Yeah, way better. And then he says songs about drinking like Gin and Juice, which Snoop Dogg, I, I, we, I've never talked about this in the podcast, but Snoop Dogg is a, a very overrated artist. I get so sick of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know people love him and I get it, but 
His music, not great. Uh, Gin and Juice, I get why people like that. I just don't. It's fun when you do it like uh, acoustic. <laughs> yeah, all the covers that have been done. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Uh, he mentioned Have a Drink on Me, which is ACDC, and Cold Gin. I don't I don't know Cold Gin, do you? I don't know that one either. Let's look it up. I will say that if you listen to anything from the 90s, 90s into the 2000s, everything's in minor chords. So if you do it acoustically, it's all really sad shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Cold Gin is a Kiss song, so I categorically reject. That is rad. I reject that on its face, Brandon. Are you are you a Kiss hater? I hate Kiss. Have you heard Beth? Yeah, I've heard Beth. Beth is rad. No, it is not. Beth is rad. <laughs> I will take Detroit Rock City over Beth easily. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, there's some Kiss songs I, I don't mind. Yeah, sure. But overall, Beth is rad. Not good stuff. You really like Beth? I huh? love Beth. Wow. I will play Wrath. By I the way, by the way, Brandon is not done with us. Brandon is our most dedicated listener, where he really likes breaking it down. He also said, uh, bad drunk, drinking to forgets, uh, so, etc. I'm sure we've all done it. Open that bottle of whiskey, put on Portishead. Do you have feelings on I it? love Portishead. You do? Oh, Portishead's rad. That surprises me. Nobody I'm so glad to hear it. loves me. <laughs> Portishead's rad. He mentions Blackheart Procession, Tinder, Tinder Sticks. Holy shit. He also mentions the Swan. Blackheart Procession, I think, is San Diego. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I think it's the San Diego band. Do you know Swans? No, swans. Swans are not a good drinking. I don't. Brandon, you're gonna have to do this when you write in for your 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 debrief on this episode. I do not understand how the swans are good when you're drunk because that would just freak me the fuck out. Uh, and then he said, anytime drunk, some music is universally enjoyable, and I, I really want to throw this at you because I think you're gonna have a problem with one of these. Uh, Brandon says, Tom Waits, Murder City Devil, Murder City Devils, and you always give me shit because I always bring up Nick Cave. Nick Cave, come on now, <laughs> how much more? Pretentious can you be? You think Nick it's Cave. You think it's pretentious? Oh yeah, I like Nick Cave. I'm cool. <laughs> wow. Which is funny because I think Nick Cave's, you know, like sixty. Nick, I know, like Nick Cave is like what every like every music store clerk says. I love Nick Cave. Well, that might it be makes true. him cool. Can you name a Nick Cave song? That no, because like? they're all bad. Oh no! <laughs> all right, it's time to get to our wager. Uh, pick an artist, preferably one we've talked about, uh, not in a cave, because I don't know if you can name one. Uh, can you name an artist that that we could? What we're gonna do is we're gonna go to Spotify after okay. we wager. We're right. gonna, you and I try to figure out what the, their most popular song is on Spotify, okay. not not objectively, okay. just on Spotify right, right now. Uh, can you pick an artist you, you think you know that we've talked about? Preferably, but any artist really. Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Okay. What is the wager? The wager is one of us will assign the other an album. Okay. But. We have to shake on you're that. You're the guest. And we just shake. We're shaking. We choked on that. Uh, what is the most popular? Margaritaville. Movie? I guess I'll say a Pirate Looks at 40. Okay. It's a the bet, one of his best songs. It, it's a bet. All right. So let's go to Jimmy. And we Jimmy. have to listen to Beth before I leave. <laughs> okay. I love that song. Jimmy Buffett. His number one song is It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. So do we both lose? Nope. The number two song is Margaritaville, and uh, I could completely forgot about Cheeseburger in Paradise. That would have been a good pick. Uh, oh, but wow. A Pirate Looks at 40 is all the way down to number nine. I would believe that, that A Pirate Looks at 40 is nine, but I would not believe that Margaritaville is second. Yeah, I, me either. Yeah, I would not believe that. But it is, so you get to assign me an album. Ooh. So if you'd like to think it over, I will start my closing ceremonies. What is the closing ceremony? Do we dance? I just say some shit at the Do end. Do we dance? No, we don't. 
Oh my I mean, God, we, we should dance. <laughs> we should dance for the closing ceremony. Uh, that does it for us this week, y'all. Hit us up on Facebook.com slash The Ringing Ear, at The Ringing Ear on Twitter and Instagram. Doug, where can we find you? Do you want people to find you, or do you like to remain anonymous? Uh, you can find me at Offshore Tavern at 2253 Marina Boulevard in San Diego, California, 92110. Do you want anyone to find you online? Uh, I don't know how to do that. It's Facebook. It's Facebook. I'm Doug Collins. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Please hit the subscribe button, y'all, and don't forget to give us a rating and review. Next week, uh, Joby should be back, and we're going to do hit songs that we hate. Can you name a hit song that you hate, Doug? Oh, yeah. Uh, you Give Love a Bad Name. You hate Bon Jovi. I, you know, we actually, I don't hate Bon Jovi. You hate that song. I hate that song. We actually, mentioned, song. we actually mentioned Bon Jovi on our very first episode, I think. It was uh, Good Songs by Bad Artists. <laughs> what, what album am I listening to, my friend? Uh, Matchbox 20's first album Oh you bastard That is diabolical Because we've had this conversation You love them And I, I say they're middle of the road garbage Sure And Which album? Their first album The one with the leather yeah. helmet guy on the yeah. front Alright Hang well, is a great song Which one? Hang 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 I'm going to try not to hang myself uh, <laughs> next week you can find us doing Hits We Hate uh, You can find everything, reviews, photos, links to our Spotify playlist Including this episode at KillBornMusic.com That's KillBornMusic.com, your ally in the crusade against boring music Please visit EatSleepCatapult.Bandcamp.com to buy our opening theme uh, This is Jeff reminding you as always to fight the good fight, reject the rudimentary Slay the simple, murder the mundane, kill the boring, and by God, Doug Be sure to keep your ears ringing out there, I believe the children are our future. Oh,